right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of God Built This Podcast. I'm your host, Maxine, and we're on episode 73. Today, I'm joined with a colleague of mine, Maura Maura is in the house. Welcome. Hey, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> hey. Okay, so this is, has a disclaimer, this is our first uh, Zoom recording. Mora is a guest here on my podcast. This is his first time. And we're just going to rock it out virtually and just enjoy our conversation. So there's a lot to un- like unpack with what's going on here in this world, in our own community, in our society. And one of the things that has come to my attention is that there is a new white slur. Now, uh, apparently, w- w- hillbilly is not enough, or uh, cracker is not enough, uh, but Karen is the latest white slur here in the great states, the United States of America. Karen is a white slur. Now, I, when I think about Karen, I think about like, well, how is Karen considered a white slur when it's usually Becky? Like, oh, you got a Becky on your arm? But Karen is now a white slur. Like, what's up with that? Yeah, uh, I think it's funny to mention that. First off, thanks for inviting me. I really appreciate this. Uh, I've, I've listened to some of your podcasts, uh, and I'm excited for what's about to happen. But, uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think this is a great way to kick it off. I mean, can white people try and find any more ways to... Uh, feel as if they're being offended or targeted. I mean, I think they're going to try. And this is the latest instance of it. You know, like, Karen, really? That's that's what we're going with? You're going to be uh, insulted by uh, being called Karen? Um, no, thanks. Next. You know, it's like, no, no, we don't have time for that. There are too many important things that are happening. And the latest one uh, isn't you being called Karen. Like, please. Spare me the antics. I, I understand you feel as if uh, you're, you're being oppressed, but you don't know what oppression is. So Karen isn't oppressive. Uh, it will never be oppress- oppressive. I think there's going to be people that will continue to name their, their children Karen. <laughs> uh, I mean, I've even considered it, right, when I'm thinking about what I'll name my kids Karen. I'm kidding. I haven't. <laughs> I'm not going to name my kids Karen. Not because it's it's a slur, I'll tell you that. It's just I'm not going to name my kids Karen. But uh, you know what? I'm not even going to say that because I don't know, right? I, I haven't met my wife yet. Maybe she wants us to, to name our daughter Karen. Uh, and, and ultimately, if that's the case, we're not going to sit and have a conversation around, well, isn't that like closely related to this white slur? Like, that's not something that's going to happen. Like, uh, yeah, nice try, but no. (laughs) And I think it's just, there is so many dramatic white people in this world that I just can't keep up. Like, at what point do they think to themselves, let me stop being dramatic. Let me stop calling the cops for no good reason. Let me stop having a problem and feeling unsafe for no reason because this black person decided to walk or get on the same elevator as me. Like, we have bigger things to fry. You know, we have this whole virus out here that apparently, I just found out this morning that the military, the US military said, oh, they knew about it since November, or they had like, news about it since November. They gave their minor warnings, but still the administration, Donald Trump, still didn't give it any any light, any importance. So now we got to add on Karen being this, oh, let's be more sensitive. I'm really tired of being sensitive. I'm really tired. And you know what it is also? It's like, um, being black or being um, proud of your heritage, being proud of your 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 backup, like your background. So whether you're you're black, whether you're Hispanic, whether you're uh, Brazilian, whatever colored but background you have, and you show pride in it, oh, you're you're racist. You right. automatically hate white people. You automatically are just so against the Karens in the house. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things like, 
how can I get more attention on me? And I, I guess Karen's their, the, the latest uh, ploy, but it's, again, it's like, really? Come on, like, we don't, yeah, Karen, <laughs> Karen isn't something that I think too, too many people are concerned about as far as, you know, inequities go in, in the United States. I mean, maybe, maybe some white people feel like they're being treated inequitably by being called Karen or, or, or being treated in a racist manner. But again, I, I, it goes back to one of those things. Like, can you, can you oppress the oppressor? Can you be racist towards the uh, race that has propagated the institutions that have ultimately, uh, you know, allowed them to maintain power. And it's just like, you can't, you can't, you know, you can't do these things. So, yeah, I, I, I you know, I, I'm personally like, I, I listen to these things. I see it on social media and everything, but it's just one of those, those latest things that causes you just to sort of like, um, you know, roll your eyes and just be like, scroll past it you know and it's just like all right whatever i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give it too much of my time because it's not worth it mm-hmm. i think yeah. also uh and this may sound more insensitive but now there's this um there's this fear that is surrounding apparently the asian community because of the latest you know statements donald trump has said about the virus, calling it the Chinese virus. Oh, it's from China. It's from China. And now there's this term of like, oh, well, coughing while Asian, sneezing while Asian. People are now uh, maybe hesitant to buy Chinese food or go or stroll through Chinatown. And I'm also wondering... Because I think about like just the people of color in America and how many times black people are the ones taking up the, the plight of other groups of color. And yet I can't recall a time when Asians have done that. Mm-hmm. I can't recall a time when uh, Suli said to me, I stand with you. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I'm insensitive to them feeling upset about the virus being called Chinese virus by some people or whatever. I just feel like I don't care enough to fight this fight with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The- I, I think I know. And I think there's, I think there's an important, um, just the whole situation we're going through is so unique. Like it's really, it's really something that we as as modern uh, day humans that have all this technology that have lived our life the way we've lived it compared to previous generations you know our lives have been so different and uh, what i'm trying to get at is uh, the moment we're living in is so unique and and weird and special and, and confusing and all these different things that i think there's so many things that we can really capitalize on for example i mean i i agree I think you you have a great point in bringing up the fact that you know there there are there are, or there aren't many many things that you could point to um, that you could use to say look the Asian community has stood by the African American community by the Latino community by the LGBT community whatever the case may be and they they're vocal they're 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 out there fighting the fight with us and. It's not to say that there aren't examples, but I would agree with you in that, you know, it's not necessarily something you hear about, but I think that like in, in with, with many um, situations or scenarios where you try and find sort of like where you can capitalize on, on, on um, making something out of uh, what you're given. And in this case, it's just this coronavirus situation is hopefully, you know, having um, and, and shedding a light for the Asian community that, you know, this is, this is something that uh, the African-American community in particular deals with on a hour-to-hour basis, you know, on, on a day-by-day basis, on a week-by-week basis, on a month-by-month, year-by-year basis. This is something that isn't new to us, this racism, this, this despicable treatment by, by human, you know, by, by human beings that's, that's perpetrated on your fellow human beings like you know this is this is real and now they're the the asian community really is 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 at the forefront of receiving 
you know, this disrespect, this, this just utter uh, racist and unacceptable treatment. And so I think, I think that you have a point, but I think that there's so much good that can come from this because ultimately, you know, the, the fight is going to be won with uh, the minority groups, uh, you know, hand in hand, um, showing up to the, to the booths come November and, and putting forth uh, proposals that uh, are going to make sure that, you know, shit like this isn't something that's prevalent. Um, and it's something that is, is, you know, rare more so than prevalent, but yeah, this, this, this whole thing has really shed a light on, on the racist treatment of, of Asians. And I hope, I hope that the Asian community, um, you know, sees how, how, how it is that African-Americans and, and Latinos and, and uh, the LGBT community, how, how, you know, we're treated very, very frequently. And that's not to say that, you know, before this, there wasn't any sort of like uh, racism against Asian, because of course we all know, you know, the racist gestures of pulling, pulling um, your eyes to do your, the, the, uh, the Asian eye uh, racist um, gesture. Of course, there there's been racism against against Asians. Um, there's plenty of examples in the history, but I think that this is one of those situations where um, there is there is a, a a an initiative by the community as a whole to stand next to those uh, of us who are oppressed. And honestly say enough is enough like this is this is absolutely ridiculous this is something that can't happen i mean at this point if we have to start instituting or or expand the 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 hate laws in america why not you know to to, to do away with some of the this this racist behavior um why not like what are we waiting for right and i think this time also speaks to the tone deaf that many people, or in particular, uh, many celebrities have during this time. So uh, I, I recently read that Ellen DeGeneres, and you know, for those, everyone knows she's a whole, she's a comedian, but she's known for her, her talk show, her daytime talk show. And she is in, in isolation, just as everyone else is. And she said a comment, I don't know if it was a joke, and she's a comedian by trade, right? But she said a comment recently saying that uh, she's she's comparing her isolation. She's saying it feels like she's in jail. She feels like she's in prison right now. She feels like like this is a day in jail, a week in jail, a month in jail. She's in jail. And I'm just thinking about like, well, she lives in, in the hills of Los Angeles in her big ass mansion and in, in, a, in a state okay, in a big ass real estate land that she's comparing to jail. And it just, she's not the only celebrity who is showing a tone deafness during this time. I also think about the celebrities who, who decided to sing along the song of Imagine All the Beat, that song. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It was like this viral video of different celebrities coming in, giving their cover on the song. And there's a part in the song, if people don't know, when uh, they say, like, giving up your possessions. Imagine we give up all of our possessions. And just imagine ce celebrities really doing that. Imagine celebrities really meaning that and it's like y'all are just full of shit can y'all just shut the fuck up please like our like our lives are not the same like we don't have the same the same strife like you i i would love to be locked up in a la mansion like oh, what yeah. are, what and who how dare you like i know people in prison i know people in prison who would love to be locked up in la mansions like this is yeah. not this is a joke Right. Oh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of, uh, I'm glad you, you bring that up because I think, I think that, so it, it's, it's weird because like during times like these, right, where you are at home or, um, you know, somewhere that maybe not your home, but you're stuck in for an extended amount of period of time. Um, you know, they say that, oh, you need humor to be able to get through times like these so that you don't go crazy, right? But I think, I think there's, a, there's a fine line too, you know, like I, I understand humor. I understand the need for humor because of course, you know, like 
we want to stay sane. You know, we want to laugh. We, we, they say laughter is a, is a is a cure for many things. And but then again, I also think that you know, when when you're an adult and and you're a privileged adult and you have what you have, and, or in this case, you're a celebrity and and you're doing well for yourself, and you make comments like that. You know, it's like I don't I don't know if we should really give people sort of like a slide or if we should sort of just give them like, you know, a freebie because they're a celebrity or because they're a comedian, like, no, that's not okay. You know, like you're, you're, you're not, you've, I'm, I'm kind of almost willing to bet she's probably never been to prison. Um, and there are also thousands of prisoners that are, if not, you know, affected already, by the coronavirus because they may have it um, maybe in the next few months but there are also prisoners already that have passed away from this you know and um, some of these prisoners passed away not because they were in there for uh, in prison for committing a murder but uh, and this is a point you brought up a few days ago while we were on one of our conference calls um, during uh, during uh, our, our professional development um, with teaching um, there they're there because they can't pay the 10% on whatever their bond may be, you know? So it's like, like to, to what extent can we give celebrities or people of privilege, uh, you know, sort of like loose reins on jokes like these? Yeah, I, even in times like these, I don't think that there are, there, the, the situation uh, calls for um, jokes like that. It's, it's just not right. You know, it's not okay. Um, and the reality is if we're going to be, brutally honest the majority of the incarcerated population is african-american right so like how much of of, of those how, how much of or how much are, are celebrities thinking about that you know when making comments like those i i don't think they're thinking about that at all uh, if they're going to make a joke about it so um yeah i we're, we're we're in our homes you know and if you're if you're in your beverly hills mansion uh great like you're enjoying it maybe a little bit more than some of us because heck I'm in my 400 square feet little studio and I love it like don't, don't get me wrong but it's no it's no Beverly Hills mansion like like uh Ellen's uh so yeah I I don't know it's it's crazy how some some of these comments are being made and people are just like oh it's just a joke right and then I wonder like because I love jokes. I love comedians. I love comedy. I am the first one to crack a joke out of like in the most inappropriate times. Like, oh shit, maybe, should, maybe it was too soon. But then it's like um, with Ellen, I didn't see a clip of her saying this. I don't know if it was like said in a jokey manner. I don't know if she was really making a point. Like maybe she was really making a comparison. And to that, that's what I'm commenting on. So like if she was joking, then... I have a soft spot for comedy, so I, okay, there's a joke. I'll leave, I'll give it that green light for me. But if she, I read it in like a statement type of situation, so I don't know if she said it in a statement, but I'm com like, I'm just giving my, your, my comments based off of her saying it in a statement that's matter of fact, that's very declarative, as if she really believes yeah. her being isolated in her LA mansion com is comparable to being in prison, you know, I just, this is laughable, like, girl, and it's one thing to be, like, say if she was, say if it wasn't Ellen who said it, say if it was a person of color, um, a man, maybe someone who was already in prison, maybe, maybe, but being that she's a white woman doing it, it's just like, ooh, yeah, try yeah, again, for sure. yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, I agree with you, try again, so, uh, I know you may have heard the news, uh -oh. but I don't know if you're, I don't think it was clear to me what position you're in and I'm not interested in like, like pulling it out of you. Cause I feel like it's everyone's personal business, but Bernie has suspended his campaign. Yeah. And I'm crushed. Like <laughs> nigga, what? Like I'm <laughs> crushed. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, that that was news to me this uh, this this morning when I saw that. 
Sorry, I don't know if you just heard my dog growling. I did. Hungry. Yeah, I. You know. I like Mora, really, I'm crushed, Mora. No, no, like I, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. I feel like what I, I don't. I don't see hope anymore, and I'm. And I, I feel like. And I don't think I'm being dramatic. I know it could sound dramatic to some people, but I, I, I'm saying that primarily because I think plenty of people who are supporting Biden, I'm not saying everybody, but many people who are supporting Biden are doing it out of fear and familiarity. I feel like I always struggle with that word, but they're used to that. They're used to him. They're used to him being, oh, we know him has you know, VP of Obama. He's like this nice, his Uncle Joe. And although he had this, like this aesthetic that was very warm and inviting during the Obama administration, I just, it's not translating the same years later. He's not the same Biden. And, and I feel like also that's not enough. Like, okay, I don't care if you're warm and inviting. Yes, I want you to be professional enough to know how to speak to people in conferences, unlike Trump, right? Yes, I want you to be able to speak to the, the fellow nations, uh, you know, ambassadors, kings, queens, whatever, respectfully with professionalism. But I don't really care about that. I want to know, if can you really sit in the grounds for people? Can you really support them and be and be radical for that you know and I, I don't like the word radical either because it's like me giving health care for everyone it shouldn't be considered radical nigga like everyone should have health care like that shouldn't even be a debate right. so now that he's out the race i just feel like what can biden really offer and maybe i just gotta refresh my memory on what he said he'll offer but because he's not as vocal as bernie i just don't feel that energy that shows He's really for the people. He's gonna fight tooth and nail, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm with you. And so when it came down to Bernie versus uh, Biden a few weeks ago, and the field had narrowed down to two, I, I mean, I was Bernie all day and night, you know, every day of the week and twice on Sunday over Biden. Um, and ultimately, it, it was the the proposals that that Bernie was putting forth that you know I was like, yep, yep. I'm with that, you know, and I agree with you. Like, really, you know, we're 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 saying healthcare for all is radical. Like, that's some crazy idea. Um, when when it's really not, you know, it's it's something that is not crazy at all. Um, what what I what I will say though is, I politics is 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 how do I say this? It's it's nitty gritty and it can get dirty. And and where I'm trying to go with that is is that when Bernie dropped out. Um, I don't think it was just one of those things where I, I really don't, where Bernie just said, all right, that's it. I'm putting out a statement. I'm out. There had to have been negotiations with the, with the Biden campaign. I mean, if you remember the last election, uh, when it was um, Hillary and, and Bernie, you know, Bernie, Bernie's pretty much went up until the convention. And um, obviously, you know, we're, we're in a different territory now, but um there, there had to have been some sort of, of, of agreements made between the, the Bernie and Biden camp. And so I, I'll say this. I do think that, you know, Bernie, this camp, conversations with Biden's camp, of course. And I think that some of those conversations were pretty cutthroat. You know, like, look, we're, we'll drop out now. We'll drop out now if your camp, if the Biden camp can agree to certain things um, that are incredibly important that speak to our base because ultimately it, it's it's incredibly important to remember that um, it's not over. You know, Biden not only has to still campaign and hold his base, now he's got to put in extra work to to start bringing people over from Bernie's base over to him, um, and and hopefully he can pull some some you know Republicans because numbers are going to matter. That's that's just. It's just the reality, right? Like numbers matter. The turnout is going to matter. People, the number of people who vote are going to matter. So I do think that the Biden camp um, is going to be working overtime to to make sure that the message that they're putting out there resonates to some of Bernie's base. I, I say some work because overtime to keep him awake. Well, yeah. that that's I mean, what he needs to do. Keep I mean, him awake. Yeah, 
He's old. He's old. But uh, I will say, I, I take, I would take Bernie or Biden. Obviously, now it's just Biden. But I'll take Biden over Trump. Uh, you know, a, a thousand times. Um, so it, it's kind. Of, it, it really does suck because you're in a situation where, where you feel like, well, like what alternative do you have? You know, in, in a democracy, uh, it comes down to two people. Like really. That's how it works, you know, like that's what democracy is. Um, and I don't know, I, I think that modern day society, modern day American society has convoluted the term democracy so much that we, we just, you know, we tend to live on a day by day basis, grinding it out, you know, making our, our paycheck, not too concerned with what's going on in society. And we forget that this isn't how democracy works, you know, but it's, it's what it's become. And it's, it's, ugly but i'm hoping that the biden campaign honestly agrees with some of some of the platforms that bernie's camp has been campaigning on and starts starts pounding on it and holds to it and and hopefully you know after november they put some of those proposals uh in play and um and i say that hoping that they'll they'll be a democratic president because man the republicans are just they're they're I don't know. They're they're unscrupulous at this point. You know, they're they're doing whatever they can to hold power now, and so we have to be we have to be very vigilant and careful. And I don't I don't usually say those things, so I do say that with like the most seriousness because I do think we're going to see some things um, coming up in the next few months that you know are going to like sort of maybe gut punch us, and we're going to be like, whoa, really? Like that's happening? I mean, like just for example very quickly, you know, the Supreme Court essentially saying, hey, it's okay for states to have, you know, their primaries during the middle of a pandemic. And no, you can't extend the day so that people could mail in their ballot instead. Right. It's like, whoa, what? Right. Like, what are what, like, what, you know, what is happening? Like, that is insane. Uh, it's, it's crazy. And, and apparently, I, someone whom I saw uh, on Twitter, you know, they read the, the brief um, and they said that the word COVID-19 or coronavirus wasn't even mentioned until the last uh, paragraph in the decision by the, the Supreme Court. So, yeah, we got to get ready for what's going to come in the next few months. I think it's going to be crazy. I just need to understand one thing. How come Trump didn't test positive when he was in close contact with, I think, two people? who was positive for coronavirus, yet he's suddenly not, like, what is it that he's, what type of invisible shield does he have on that he's suddenly inept from this disease? And I'm not saying I wish this virus on anybody. I'm not like that, but it's just, it's, I just think it's very interesting. I, I don't want to say I'm a conspiracy theorist, but um, sometimes I can be, and I could go down a rabbit hole on YouTube, like, oh, this is interesting. But the latest conspiracy was, it might not even be the latest one, because there's always a new one coming up. But one of the ones that I've heard was that uh, the coronavirus came from 5G in our phone. Mm -hmm. So like our iPhone, if it's connected mm -hmm. to 5G, which I'm still trying to figure out what's the difference between 3G and 5G. And if right. you know, please enlighten me. But like, apparently the, the radar, the waves could somehow get like, how does that even come about? What is that? Now, some people are subscribing to it. Like, have you heard yeah. this? Yeah, yeah. No, I have. I have. I've, I've definitely heard it. I think, I think one of our natural tendencies as humans is to uh, try and find answers to questions that are being posed that we are very curious about. And uh, when we do that, like, we have this natural tendency to try and, like, or, or I don't know, like, the, the answers that are... are interesting such as conspiracy theories because they, they tend to provide answers to some questions that you know we have um i think it's very easy for us to get caught up uh in conspiracy theories because to be fair like hell some of these conspiracy theories make sense like i'm not gonna lie you know as far as like what they put forth you know but ultimately i i think we just we just have to rely on the science you know and um, when we think about what viruses are and what pandemics are, you know, I think this is, this is something that has been 
studied in the past. Obviously, we've had different pandemics um, with different strains or what have you, and they're all different. Um, and I think, again, I think as, as humans, we have a natural tendency to try and find answers to, to, to questions. And, and ultimately, a lot of times, conspiracy theories provide very interesting answers that keep, that would just hold your attention because you're like, oh, shit. All right, what's 5G? Okay, what does this do? What does that do? But uh, find out on I, the next YouTube video. It, like. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, and by the way, you said it. You said you wouldn't. You wouldn't wish uh, the coronavirus on on anyone or, or Trump. Should I say it? I, I I would wish the coronavirus on Trump. He's he's uh he's he's uh you know he's he's ultimately he's an authoritarian. If if there were no no um. If there wasn't anything in place to to tame him, such as Congress or or in some cases uh, inspector generals and different bureaucratic agencies, I absolutely think he would be doing uh, things that are definitely illegal and that you know he could get away with had had these things not been in place, had Congress not or or if Congress wasn't practicing oversight, but. Since there are inspector generals, since there is Congress, and he's already been impeached once, and obviously last time, you know, the threat of him getting impeached twice was was something that was, you know, circulating. Um, yeah, he's he's an authoritarian, and I definitely wish this upon him because he's brought more harm to this country, he's brought more harm to our communities than good. And so you know what? Fuck him. That shit. <laughs> I'll say it. <laughs> Okay, I respect it. I get it. I get it. I also, because I, I, I've said, I've said this um, a couple of times, like on my Instagram and on my podcast, where although I obviously do not condone and do not uh, like subscribe to what with anything that Trump says, and what I could also say to that is, oftentimes what I see from the left is. Don't you see how racist he is? Don't you see how misogynistic and sexist he is? And all these things that are true to his horrible character, right? Like, we can't deny that. But I just also realized that America doesn't give a fuck. Like, you have me and you who do care about stuff like that, who do account to that as someone's lack of leadership. And that should be accounted for as a whole. But there are so many other Americans who don't who don't care about that. And that's how he was able to make it as far as he did, because he appealed to the, the white trash, the, you know, the people who felt like they were forgotten, the people who felt like they their jobs were taken by immigrants or like all of those things. And they don't like the whole argument of him being a racist and him being a sexist and misogynist and even a rapist, okay, allegedly, mm-hmm. all of that still wasn't and isn't enough. And I'm wondering, I mean, now that we've had four years with him, I'm wondering if that's going to now be enough for the new voters, you know, but I just, I can't hold my breath to that because I feel like when you talk about racism, like someone's a racist, you're a racist, you're a racist. It's like, there's, okay, like, what, I, I feel like this is this, this defeatist feeling when it comes to realizing someone's a racist, because naturally, for me, I just believe like, you just can't change. That's just in your nature, you're just gonna be a racist and die a racist. You may be, maybe open to, I don't think even being open, but I just feel like, some people just have these rigid ideas and biases against certain people that that's just is what it is. It's a, it's a uphill battle. Why are we, what else? Yeah, I think, I think it's important to remember that uh, politicians will, will try and um, cr- like cr- create a message around uh, essentially what they will hope their presidency or, or their political career will look like. And, and Trump's is, Trump's his fear, you know, and, and his, his um, presidential bid started off with um, instilling fear in his base. Um, and that fear that he was going to instill uh, was going to be around uh, immigrants, uh, undocumented immigrants. And what we're seeing now, um, what we're seeing now is Trump not necessarily being able to capitalize like he has in the past uh, on that fear because 
there aren't rallies that are taking place, right? There, there, there aren't rallies in the middle of Tennessee or in the middle of Kentucky or someplace in, you know, rural Oklahoma where his base would show up and, and clap and, and cheer to, to, to all that crap. But what we do see is him, um, and, and that's actually interesting, um, something that I noticed is we see him having these daily press briefings. And up until uh, a, few, a few days ago, he was constantly calling the coronavirus the Chinese virus. And um, it, was, it was pointed out by someone that, um, and, he, and he acknowledged it himself, that he had a, 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 a call with the Chinese, um, the Chinese uh, leader, I can't remember the, his name, um, it's, it's escaping me right now, but after that call, he hasn't called the uh, coronavirus, uh, the Chinese virus anymore. And so there's a, there's, there's a lot there that, you know, you could also, we could also spend time and, and um, you know, deconstruct, but his, his whole, his whole scheme is, is having, um, or, or ultimately having a message that's going to instill fear, instill fear in his base to, to have them come out and vote, vote for him and vote for his, um, his racist message, which, you know, it just proves that there's still obviously a lot of racist people out there. There was um, a reason why, I think he said it himself, or maybe someone in his team said it, why he decided to use Chinese virus for the time that he did. I didn't realize he stopped, but yeah, that makes, I do actually, I, I can recall that he hasn't used it recently, but um, he started using it because apparently the the Chinese government, uh, the administration in China blamed the U.S. troops for having coronavirus and blame us and our army, our, um, our team to have contracted and spread the virus to China. Mm-hmm. So Trump's, Trump's use of China virus was to, you know, kind of turn around the blame. And who I, I do believe that the, the, the virus started in Wuhan, China. That is what's on record. So, but him using that was to re like refocus us to remember and realize that this started in China. That's what I'm saying. Chinese virus. It's, it's in China. It's a Chinese virus. Like mm-hmm. it's so funny. But anyway, that's that's what he said. I mean, yes, it's like racist, whatever. But uh, I just like I said, I just do not. <laughs> I don't care enough to care about the plight. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, like okay, cool. Asians want to speak up and speak out for it. Do it. Like that's great. You know, use your voice, your you know, your God-given voice. But uh, I- I'll sit right here. Yeah. No, I again. Yeah, I I I, I see your point. I do. I definitely do. Um, but I think, and this is where leadership is super important. If we had that leader, which could you know, uh, bring communities together. Um, someone like Obama was able to do, you know, bring everybody together and be pretty, pretty explicit about what's going on as far as the racism, you know, put it, put it out there, make sure that it's, there aren't any questions as far as, you know, what we're talking about Um, and be able to unite communities. That would be amazing. Unfortunately, I don't know if we have a leader right now in, in politics that can do that, you know, and and bring communities together and say look now you're seeing what you know the african-american community goes through like i said on a day by on a day-to-day basis and and you're really seeing it in, in an ugly manner because you know people are are cursing you out people are are looking at you crazy just for coughing and being asian and you know like it's like all right now you see what it's like to to feel that way now imagine if you were black, right, and you couldn't do anything to change the, the, the color of your skin because it's the color of the skin that you are, and you're okay with it, but society isn't, you know, like, like what the fuck is wrong with that, you know, like, that, that's where a leader c- could bring in a com- the communities together and, and fight the fight, but yeah, it's tough, I, there, there isn't a leader to do that, and so, I, hopefully, though, hopefully, the Asian community, you know, realizes this. And, and like I said, hopefully the community rallies and understands, hey, there's there's a bigger fight here. You know, it's not just going to be 
once the coronavirus is over and people aren't scared of people coughing anymore, we'll be all right. You know, like, no, like at any point you have to realize that someone could um, say things or do things to instill fear in others against your people. And then it's a, and then it's all a different ball game, you know, then it's, then it's, then it's like, oh shit, you know, like I'm being treated differently. This isn't, this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel good. And it's just like, okay, good. I'm glad your eyes are open now. So like, let's wake the fuck up and let's get it together. Cause they're not going to go anywhere. You know, they're going to, the, the oppression is going to continue. The, the white supremacy is going to continue to be perpetuated. And I think ultimately the, the way to defeat um, white supremacy will be having, by having the, the oppressed, the minority groups, the those groups come together and realize, hey, yeah, it's it's going to be a group effort. You know, ultimately, us who are considered the minority have to rise up as the majority because that's that's really where it's going to be at. You know, like you, you no longer have the power. Um, it's going to be now this new majority that we talk about, which is already the majority. I just don't again like the systems of power are going to do their best to keep that from us, to, to have us believe that yeah, you're still a minority. You're, you, you have no power. You still have no power. It's going to be years before you have power, if that, you know? So it's, it's hopefully, I don't know. I, I don't, I think Julian Castro was going to be that candidate um, to be able to do that. But, you know, he's, he's a brown man in America who I, I do, I do think that the media had a, had a role in this, you know, didn't get, didn't get the time that, he was speaking about issues that people were like, ooh, maybe that's a little too controversial. Well, you know what? It is controversial, but it's the, it's the, it's the fucking truth. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. So, Period. Period. Yeah. There is apparently, where is it? So uh, apparently there's this report that more Black communities are being hit harder by coronavirus, particularly in Michigan. And... I mean, it has a lot to do with, obviously, their population is, is it 70% Black? Like, it's, there's more Black people in Michigan. But the underlying issue is the underlying medical conditions of Black people, of many Black people, not all, but many Black people in America. And that's due to the lack of access to healthy resources, the, you know, the lack of access to having money to buy, you know, healthier foods and the convenience of getting food that's not healthy, like fast food, you know, all the time, all the time, all the time. So then I'm wondering, like, you know, where, like, (laughs) there was this argument that I stumbled upon of like, oh, well, you know, Black people should take more responsibility of their health. Like, if you know Big Mama got, you know, a big toe, you know, or, 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 you know, her legs are fatter than usual, that's because she's, you know, eating too much sugar. She's consuming too much sugar. And although that could be true, there's also a bigger argument here that this is more about the system as a whole. It's not about this particular Black family who needs to, you know, tie down their cholesterol let's talk about the lack of money and the resources and just the education on what good eating healthy eating is um i don't know if you've ever watched a show called the real which is another like talk show like a young adult fun flighty talk show that's on fox i believe and um they they hit a lot of harder topics lately ever since Amanda Seals has been on the show consistently as a co-host. And Lonnie Love, who's a co-host on the show, she said how she's starting to take her health more seriously now. She's starting to take control of her weight, and she's a, a full-fledged, big-boned Black woman. She's a pretty beautiful woman, but she said that she never knew how to eat well. She never knew mm. how, like, what to eat and not what not to eat. She just ate to survive. She said growing up in the projects, she had to just figure out what's in the cupboards, you know, what can she afford down the block? And down the block is always a wing stop. Well, not wing stop back then, but just a wing ding dinner, you Mm -hmm. know, or McDonald's. And there's no 
education given to her at that time and to many other black people and many other people of color in general who you know weren't given the opportunity to learn about health to learn about mm -hmm. healthy eating and so when i read this this report about michigan and black communities being hit harder by coronavirus i I don't want the people to confuse that coronavirus is specifically targeting black people. Like mm -hmm. that's not where the focus is. It's focused on the fact that people who are at a higher risk, why are black people are a higher risk? Let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that, um, I think, you know, there there was talks of this early on um, by people who um, you know do a lot of work with with the most marginalized uh, communities here in America, and I, I I don't think there was any any doubt that um, this this was gonna this was gonna hit um, you know our most marginalized communities particularly hard um, because the reality is many of our families many of our communities um, you know they rely on that minimum wage paying job um, to put food on the table, um, to pay rent, to pay the electricity bills, um, you know, every now and then if there's a spare dollar to, to give your child a spare dollar so that they can buy, I don't know, a bag of hot Cheetos at school or whatever the case may be. And so, and with that, you know, one of one of the things that I was most discouraged about with with what the government response has been um, was was in in this last stimulus package that was passed. Um, you know, only only one paycheck um, um, was agreed to by both parties um, to be sent out, um, and the minimum is a twelve twelve hundred dollars that you would receive, but it, it would increase um, depending on the number of children that you have and, and whether you're married or not, so on and so forth. But like, are we being serious? You know, like the fuck is $1,200 gonna do? Are you <laughs> kidding me? Not only that, like, where is it? You know, like how long is it gonna be until I see those $1,200? Like, you know, it's, I'll tell you that, I'll, I'll tell you this right now. I checked my bank account yesterday. It's not in there right now, you know? Right, right. It was It was the first of the month eight days ago, you know, so for, for hundreds of thousands, uh, if not millions of families, you know, this, this paycheck was needed eight days ago. Like, and where is it? It's, it's not. And landlords, landlords don't give a fuck. Like, can we just talk about that? And it's one thing to have a landlord who, you know, maybe you knew him or her, you know, as you were growing up in your childhood and you guys were able to sort out a deal, you know, or, you know, maybe this landlord was like a family friend of a friend and you guys were able to come to an understanding. But when you have a landlord who is not someone of direct contact, if you live in a huge apartment complex, they're not, I got an email the other day and I, I, I thank God and I'm super grateful, but I am also speaking for the people who aren't privileged like me and like us. Like, I'm thankful that, you know, we have positions that we have salary positions. We are taking care of, thank the Lord. But then I just think about like, just the mere principle of me living in a huge apartment complex. I got an email the other day, not the other day, but like during the time when April 1st was coming up, rent is still due mm -hmm. <laughs> you will pay this in full please use yeah. these methods to pay and right. that's it there was no we under actually they started probably the first two sentences like oh we understand the times that we are in but please be advised rent is still due like first of all when you use right. but as we all should know it contradicts everything said prior. So you don't give a fuck about the times that we're living. Like, you know what I mean? Like capitalism still exists. It is still rising to the top in the midst of this obvious chaos that so many Americans, so many people in the world are living in. It's just, it's really, it's, it hurts my soul because I am an empath sometimes and I feel for people who don't have this privilege. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I... I agree. I mean, capitalism is capitalism is is a is a beast in and of its own. And and on on the uh, on the note about uh, you know rent being doing everything, I, I'm I'm lucky in that you know my dad's my 
my uh what's the word i'm thinking about that i just blanked on he's he's my uh landlord he's my landlord so you know i'm like uh i mean it, it's it's fine you know i like you said i'm yeah. we're lucky to be in a privileged position to be salaried and everything but uh yeah you know you also hear about some landlords kicking out or are attempting to kick out um you know those who are working in the in the medical field because of their fears of, of doctors or nurses having the coronavirus i'm not sure if you've seen um you know twitter twitter um uh feeds of of, of um people in the, in, the, in the healthcare industry sharing how landlords are attempting to evict them because they're scared that they may have the coronavirus or, or what have you but um yeah i if even if we even if we think look at uh examples from other countries i mean you you've had some countries that have said hey for the next two months or for the next month you know we're suspending we're suspending any any mortgages we're suspending any any rents that may be due um i know i know i think some countries went as far as to suspend um any credit payments that you may have pretty much just essentially putting the country on pause and and that's not that's not what america has done by any means like at all um i mean in, in fact some of the states are saying that one of the things that the trump administration is doing uh, which again goes directly back to capitalism and it's and how unfettered it is and and honestly right now it's it's a little disgusting one of the things that the trump administration is doing is the administration is getting a hold of ppe uh whether it be masks uh gloves uh just uh different um medical attire you know so that doctors can protect themselves and they're bringing the the, the equipment in but then what they're doing is once they have acquired that equipment they're they're giving it to the private companies and so what states end up having to do is and, and i'm not sure if you've heard about this but now more governors are putting it out there because they're, they're it's, a, it's a little fucking ridiculous to be honest they're all they're they're having to go and essentially bid for these different uh ppe and they're bidding against each other and just driving the price up and uh, before like we even get into that you know like why the fuck is the government acquiring PPE and then giving it to private companies to sell off? Like, hold the fuck up. Like, what? Like, how are we not, like, this is what I love a bit about Americans. And, and, you know, I guess it starts with me. Like, maybe I should be the one-man show doing this. But how the fuck are we not all in the streets right now? Obviously, because of the coronavirus, right? Don't go right, out right, the right. streets. But I, I go to me. I want to go you know what, like fuck it like let's just all put on like our fucking our, our masks everybody put on some gloves and right. some some uh chem goggles some chem class goggles some scientific goggles and let's go out and fucking protest because this is ridiculous like it really is how are how is the federal government acquiring the, the, the gear that everyone needs and and states are having the bid against it and i know i went off on a tangent there so i want to bring it back but um yeah, I, I, I do see, and I think that um, this is something that people need to be up in arms about. And the fact that, you know, we're not, we're not shedding a light on how our most marginalized communities are being affected, or at least not enough of a light. You know, we need more attention in our communities. Um, and, and how I've seen some cameras um, go into hospitals, some nice hospitals, um, you know, that are being show, shown on CNN and MSNBC. All right, now let's get one of those. Let's get one of those cameras in one of our communities in our hospitals to see what that's like. You know, like, are we going to do that or are we just going to play footsies here? What are we doing? And why are there tests given to celebrities more so than there even being tests being available for the common civilian? Like, what, yeah, don't, yeah, don't I hear one more time that. that Andy Cohen got coronavirus. <laughs> like, I, I don't... <laughs> You know, but another thing people are up in arms of about is a lot of, I, some people may call it radical Christians or just some Christians, period, uh, would still congregate at church, would still mm -hmm. decide to worship together collectively at a building and they call this church, right? So 
Ah, here's the thing. I I'm conflicted at this because I see it as, you know, we live in America, right? We want to have freedom of, or we're given the right to have freedom of speech, freedom of, of religion. And now that freedom is, is essentially violated, you know, with this virus. But then there is apparently a fine that will be given to anyone who violate the social distancing rules. So according to what Andrew Cuomo, uh, who's the governor of New York, Mm -hmm. said, or what he tweeted recently is that he's going to increase the fine from $500 to $1,000. And this is to hopefully decrease anyone's attempt to violate state mandated social distancing rules and to increase people being at home, staying at home. So this brings me back to just, you know, there was this, this uh, clip I saw on Instagram of this woman being interviewed, but she was in her car. She was just leaving service. And she said to the reporter who pulled her over and said, you know, why are you still going to church? You know, this is a coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Aren't you afraid that you could be contracting it or spreading it? And she said, I got the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus covers me. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it fights against this virus. The blood of Jesus is enough. And I just want to know one thing. Can the blood of Jesus pay my rent? <laughs> Can the blood of Jesus, you know, I don't know, add 2000 to the 1200 in my account for the stimulus right. package? Right. And I'm a believer. I do love the Lord. Don't get it wrong. My listeners know I do have a relationship with God. I just don't have a relationship with, with people who don't have common sense sometimes. Yeah, no, I am with you 100% on that. I, I've, I've had people actually personally say things to me like that. And, and I guess my, my, my rebuttal or, or my point is, okay, fair enough. I understand you have faith. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. You are more than, you, are more than, uh, you know, okay to have your, your faith. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is completely okay. But again, I think it, it, it goes spot on with what you just said. Like, there's common sense. Like, okay, like, you know, yes, God is going to provide for you. God is going to help you out. But God doesn't want you to be stupid either and say, uh, like, this isn't going to happen to me because I believe in God. It's like, no, that's not how the human body works. You know, it's like, I believe in God. I believe in, in the blood of Jesus. And because of that, I'm going to go into this uh, coronavirus and, and uh, infested or, or uh, yeah, infested um, party, and I'm going to be all right because I believe in God. It's like, no, that's not how it works. You know, it's not how it works at all. It's like, it's like that, um, you know, when, when, when people use the story to, to tell um, or use the story about um, how God sent uh, a few um, signs of help or a few uh, people to help out the, the, the person that was stranded on their roof. And uh, in the end, you know, the person that ends up dying and God says, uh, or he asks, the person who died asks God, hey, why didn't you, you know, why didn't you help me? And it's like, I did. I sent you a fireman. I sent you a helicopter. I sent you all these things. And you said no. And it's just like, (laughs) someone needs to tell the preachers who are still holding, you know, these these masses like, "Um, no, sir. You know, you've had plenty of scientists, you know, those are your firemen. Those are your, your, your helicopters that are being sent by God to tell you to stop, you know? And, and again, I think I, one, of the, one of the beauties is you see uh, plenty of churches that have stopped, but that doesn't mean that they stopped giving their sermon. You know, they, they're now giving their, their, their sermon or, or, their, or their mass via video, via live uh, video and the power of technology, right? I mean, if the Pope, if the Pope, whom is the leader of, you know, billions of people across the world in the, in the, in the Catholic faith, you know, essentially cancels uh, mass at, at the Vatican and cancels all types of gatherings for Catholics. Um, like, I'm sure, you know, preacher, preacher, I don't even know, John, can put off, you know, gathering his community for a few weeks because this is real, you know, it's not, this isn't fake. This isn't, it's not gonna, it's not gonna ignore you because you believe in God and in the blood of Jesus. Like, this is, this isn't how these things work. So, 
I think honestly, I do think that I do think that these men aren't stupid, um, whom are you know still having these these um, gatherings, these religious gatherings, um, and I think that there has to be talks of honestly some serious repercussions. I know there was already uh, an arrest warrant um, sent out for one one preacher, um, so I think I think. I think people are starting to get the memo, but it's like, guys, we're, we're a few weeks into that. You know, it's like, you should have gotten the memo the first week. Maybe you should have probably gotten the memo first day, but you know, it's a few weeks into it. They're, they're starting to find people. They're starting to send out arrest warrants. And I don't know. I mean, I'm curious as to how that's going to hold up if, if people were to fight it in court, because you know, in America, they, they could, they can't force a quarantine. There's, there's no power for the government to force a quarantine. Um, so, yeah. I, 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 isn't the church, it's not under the rule of the government of the state, right? It's separate, right? Yeah, yeah, it is, so, it is separate. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, you know, have faith, you know. And I also think, um, so apparently there is a hike now in online dating in uh, you know virtual dating however people want to describe it now um and that's obviously because we can't really congregate anymore we can't go out and be with each other so there is a hike in a lot of these apps um i have okay so i was on an app before like probably like the first i don't know like right before our spring break and i don't like all y'all niggas are corny i just (laughs) never mind like (laughs) Never mind. But it did give me the ammo to continue a friendship with the paint with a man. I call him church nigga on my phone on my podcast. So my listeners know him as that. And um I decided to like, you know what? I really want to continue this friendship with this person and really continue to invite him in my life virtually, obviously, but me and him have been friends for a little while now. And there is a comfort in knowing that there's an establishment of friendship. There's a foundation of friendship present with someone. And I feel like, because in my previous podcast, my listeners would know that (laughs) I'm so, I wouldn't say I'm flaky, but here's the thing with me. Like, I'm just, I'm afraid of being hurt. I'm afraid of putting my heart out there and being open. And so because of that fear, and I'm so reflective that I'm able to recognize this about myself, but because of that fear, I sabotage what could be with some people. Like I find mm-hmm. a reason to to walk away. I find a reason to be like, nah, he's corny, never mind. You know, <laughs> but he's I just feel like with this one he is amazing like he's a great guy and we get each other we have a strong friendship and it's like why am i finding or like i need to stop sabotaging instead Mm -hmm. i want to walk on faith with this person and see where things could go instead of just immediately putting negativity in my head and just thinking well i'm gonna get hurt like no especially when there's no evidence of that yeah yeah i i i I think that's interesting that you mentioned. I think humans, you know, we're too often we we tend not to jump into things because of the the negative things that we think could come of of whatever it may be that we want to jump into. For example, relationship, and so we won't do those things. And I, you know, I don't. I guess I don't ever share it at all. Um, but I, I'm I'm very much the same way. But I, it's not that I sabotage. Uh, relationships. I just don't think, um, I don't know, I don't think that I end up wanting in the end to go through the commitment part. Mm. Um, Just because in the end, it does come back to, you know, I, I, I don't know, I when I when I do end up with someone, I I don't want, you know, I don't want the heartbreak if it doesn't work out first off. And second off, you know, I just, I don't know what it is. Like, I, I think I'm too caught up in this uh, or with this idea of like, there's the, the perfect one is out there somewhere. And it's just like, sure, you know, that the person that is for you is out there, but by no means are they perfect, you know? And it's like, that that's another thing, you know, but that being said, you know, there's still a high bar. 
I get that people aren't perfect, but you know, they, there's still some some things you, you some qualifications, and I, that sounds crappy to say. You know, like there's this checkbox. Nah, that, it's not. I think here's the thing. That's a good point because we also need to hold people to a standard that meets ours. Like, if I'm gonna bring this to the table, what are you bringing? You know yeah. what I mean? There's nothing shallow about that. Go ahead, go off. Hey, you know, you're damn right. You know what? Shit, I'll take that back. You're right. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, and and now that you say that, I one of the one of the notes that I wrote, uh, my brother, um, the day he was graduating, uh, which brings me back to this conversation we're having right now, is, you know, we're out. I, I wrote to him in, in the note. We're, we are out here as a family trying to build a dynasty. You know, and I, I want a family or, or someone who's going to be with me, who's going to help me build that dynasty. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. You know, there, there are things that that person that we want to be with is going to have to have. And if they don't, like, you know, say, I mean, maybe we can hang out, have some fun, you know, go out, drink. But I don't know. I think that there's got to be like a, they're an understanding. And I think most of the time there is. It just depends, you know, how mature how mature is, are the people in the relationship, I guess. Right. But yeah, great points. I know. I know. <laughs> you know what? We're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Okay. Thank you so much for being on. We got to do this again. Yeah, no, this was, this was pretty freaking fun. I'm not going to lie. Yay. And you wasn't yeah. nervous at all. I, I thought I heard my voice cracking like, 25 times but I guess, <laughs> I guess it didn't <laughs> oh this was great thank you so much this was great and I continue to wish you well I will see you again virtually since you know we are colleagues <laughs> so I'll see yeah you. <laughs> yeah I'll see you and and uh yeah it was great catching up with you and um you know to your listeners stay safe stay healthy and uh yeah but thanks for inviting me I had a lot of fun Yay. And please, everyone, make sure to wash your hands. And I just need someone to answer this question for me real quick before we log out. Um, where do we get these masks? Because how I, all of a sudden, I was at an H-E-B, and I know we're going to wrap up, but I was at an H-E-B the other day. I made sure to get there early. There was still a line. It went by quickly. Everyone was social distancing, only 25 people at a time inside. But as I was walking towards the line, Almost everybody there had a mask on. I'm just like, who were they giving out masks? How, how do people all of a sudden have these masks on for this time? How, and then when I go on Amazon, they won't be delivered until June 18th. Like, nigga, I <laughs> shit, June 18th. That's plenty of days to catch the virus between now and then. I'll be in quarantining more. Like, I just, I don't know. It's weird. To, like. Everyone just has a nurse in their family who suddenly have all the masks. Like, it makes no sense. Oh, man, that's funny. Anyway, let's go ahead and end it. Thank you again. Um, continue to support this podcast by being um, a follower on Instagram at God Built This Pod and leave your review, like, share, subscribe, and support by giving five stars. Thank you, guys. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of God Built This Podcast with your host, Maxine. Be sure to leave a review, give me five stars, and of course, subscribe. Also, follow God Built This Podcast on Instagram at God Built This Pod. God bless.